you know, it's your boy Cassius and Kenny. And we got our boy KB. Bro, where are we at today? It's a different location, a different scene. Tell us, man. Tell us, boy. Where are we at right now? This is Brave 2.0, bro. Wow, Brave 2.0. As you guys can see, we're actually on the the mats in the new Brave location, bro. First off, I gotta say congrats, because I mean, to you and KB, because this is a huge accomplishment. Uh, I know you've been talking about this for years, about opening your own gym one day with KB, and uh, congrats, bro. Much love. No, absolutely, bro. It's like. This is surreal. This is crazy. Like to be shooting our podcast episode, you know, celebrating five years on the pod, everything we've been talking about, you know, doing what you love, investing in your passion, investing in yourself. This is this is us sitting in it, yeah. literally. And uh, it's it's a blessing, man. Yeah, you know, to do it with my own brother to yeah. be, uh, you know, able to show you what we've been building. It, it's truly been the biggest test of patience, but the reward. It's so sweet, man. Like once it's all together, once you see the excitement of even your own members being a part of it, saying they're gonna switch the their work schedule to be here more often, and just when you see other people um, just believe in in your quote unquote brand that you're building, it's it's amazing, man. Bro, absolutely, bro. You got you've been talking about this for years. So tell me, um, you know, obviously how this sort of came about. How did you pick this location? Cause I know, like there was like you know it was kind of up and down a little bit. You had a little bit of a roller coaster ride before, sort of finalizing it, and all of a sudden you got into Renos, you got into like getting the keys, and then you know, and at the same time you were still running your classes out in your basement, you know, and and the previous Brave location. So tell me about that process leading up to this point. Yeah, we probably looked at over. I think it was I like to count forty locations. Yeah. 40 locations. <laughs> yeah. You went and checked out 40 locations. We saw so many locations. Wow. And this was all at the beginning of 2023 when we knew we were ready to go and take a deeper dive into this. Right. As you know, um, we, we had Brave 1.0 in our basement, just pretty much working with one on one personal training clients on the side while working at Good Life ever since COVID, ever since 2020. And then it became really you could say like it became real it became you know that 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 switch up when 2023 happened when i put in my notice and we essentially went full time into brave and we knew that a bigger location was to come next we knew that this was something that um is going to come our way and depending on how soon or fast is how much we put into it and we went from one member to 10 to 20 all the way to 90 members inside of our basement. Amazing. That's and, amazing. And that's where we knew we needed to actually start looking. This was while I was working my nine to five. Like even before we, you know, dabbled with the idea of whether or not we should get a new location. It was one of those things where it's like, no, we know we're going to need one. Right. So let's start looking now. Yeah. Like we, we know we're going to grow within our hundred square feet basement space. Yeah. So let's look now. And I, I had a feeling that this process would take this long, maybe not as long as it really did take, but it was going to be this six month, 12 month game plan of let's look now. So we know in six months ahead, halfway through the year, or even into the end of 2023, where we're at now that we're going to need a new space that we're sitting in. And uh, it was, it was, uh, I'd be lying to you if I told you it was easy, man. Like it went from being really exciting and fun to a drag. 
Like, <laughs> like you know, you're looking at your 20th, 30th spot. You think that's the one that's it. You have something that, that comes in the way. You have something like zoning. You know, you feel like you're in the perfect place, a fully ready-made spot in the heart of your own community, turnkey, like get the keys tomorrow kind of thing. Oh, but then you check the zoning requirements in the city and it can't be a fitness center built in there, right? You go from that to like going to a spot, it's perfect, but it costs an arm and a leg. Like, so there's just so much that we learned through the process of, of even finding the right location. And it, it tested a lot of my emotions. It tested a lot of my patience. And it, it just made me realize that similar to what you say when you're on your own business. And even I got this shared to me the other day, you know, Nitin Bhatia, shout out to him. He sent me this video. It was something that Dana White said. And he's like, everyone in the start of running their own business, they're going to go through a problem every day and it's going to make them question whether or not they really want to do this. Mm. And by problem, I literally mean like you wake up to something that you were not expecting. You know, a $5,000 material bill that was way more than you realized. Um, you know, situations with your landlord. You know, something that, you know, having to, you know, cancel a few clients because someone called in sick from your team that's building your place. And now you got to, with your brother, haul 500 pounds worth of equipment up and down the stairs like just yeah. so many things I, I like to say it's like a video game but anyway the thing is once again as i said in the beginning the reward is so sweet man because you keep realizing like man you're building something right like you got students now excited to grow with you you know you got your walls breaking in your basement like you know every day you need to chip away so your house doesn't break down right <laughs> like it, it comes to that level right <laughs> What's uh What's been the process like for you, KB? What's been the process for for you? Um. Honestly, like I, I've been taking more of a backseat and then and watching Kenny like Kenny's passion for this really, really keep it going, because I've never seen Kenny so emotionally and passionately invested in something. Like ever, I've yep. never seen Kenny care so much about something. Yeah, and like it's it's his it's the amount that he cares for this that made it happen. For sure. Like Kenny has really kind of put his heart into this academy and into instruction, and that's way different than being an athlete. And into his students, really. Like he just cares a lot, and it's kind of showing in and what this has come to be. Um, we're very lucky that students have been this patient, but I think they've been this patient because they appreciate that the value of the instruction that we're trying to provide. Um, like I said right before, it's not about you when you're, teach when you're teaching, it's about the students and you've got to put your students first. Um, when you're a fighter, it's about you. It's a very, very selfish pursuit. But then when you're teaching, you have to teach, not show, but teach. Mm -hmm. And um, that is tough to do. So I think for both of us, with the resources we had in, in our basement, I think the reason that students enjoyed our instruction is because we really put our heart into making sure that they are trying to understand the concepts that we're trying to get across to them mm -hmm. in the medium of martial arts. Like that is, um, in my opinion, why. Yeah. 
for sure. It's, you know, even with KB saying that, like, that was what blew my mind is realizing that all the gyms that we've went to in our life, no matter how beautiful they looked, no matter how much money you threw in it, a lot of that, even for us, didn't matter. What mattered first was like, who's instructing and how are they, how are they going about the process of making you actually feel like a lifelong student, right? And I think that was the cool thing that even KB and I both recognize is like numbers will kind of grow on their own, but the first thing we have control over is how much do we care about our students? And I think that was really beautiful, man, is like a lot of students admitted it's pretty damn intimidating already to walk into a martial arts gym, let alone walking into a, a basement. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like, you know, people would be like, am I in the right place? Like, <laughs> I, have to, I have to walk into a house and yeah. get to a basement to, to be in a quote-unquote dojo? Yeah. Like, am I going to get am I gonna get hurt? Yeah, right? yeah. And it's just, boom, like the welcoming environment, the process of making sure we're greeting people at the door and asking them, you know, what they want to get out of this. Everything to that from KB ensuring that like the first thing we need to ensure is like we have really pristine instruction and, and we make every person really focus on the fundamentals and the basics. And people very new to martial arts appreciate that. You're not going to walk into our class and all of a sudden be taught like, oh, we're going to go do a reverse hook kick that was shown on like the last UFC fight card. Yeah. Sounds exciting. We've all been there, even as students. But it's like, guys, like you need to learn how to properly throw a f jab. You know, and, and, I'm, and KB's so good at making people do it a thousand times over until it's right before you move on. And, and I feel like that's, once again, a testament to, like, his level of patience and instruction and just knowing that the other side of what KB mentioned is, and I think maybe I could speak on your behalf. I know for me this was a big thing, is so many, like, times my parents wanted us to, like, consider doing this earlier on. Like, my dad, I remember when we were in... Uh, like when we were like ten, like 10 years ago, we just got into like, you know, competing and fighting. Dad's like, you guys should run your own gym now. But I think a lot of beforehand, it was like, well, how much is this going to take away from our own athletic endeavors? Yeah. Uh, and you do have to be very selfless as a coach. Um, however, I think the, for me anyway, I could speak on my behalf is my attention to, to detail now has be increased because as a coach, you have to pay attention to that. And I think that's what's been really exciting for me is I have a newfound love even more for jujitsu and even how I approach um, systems and how I approach even like understanding it because I'm forced to now teach it to people who've never even learned it. So it al allows me to better understand it. Oh, so I, sure. I think that was the cool thing is just realizing like, wait a second, coaching is actually now, yes, taking a lot of time to focus on others, but it is in hand translating over into making me a better athlete and now the new problem is how do we juggle that you know when is it time to be selfish and when it is it when is it time to be selfless to focus on the students for sure for sure and you talked you said something there you said the level of detail and you know when i walked into this place immediately that's kind of what i saw the level of detail of you know strategically what you what you've put into this place as well as you know looking into the bathrooms even as as small as the little details in there and obviously it's not fully finalized yet um, but I see that, man. I see you've put a lot of, a lot of, a lot of passion into those small details that have added up to making this place look the way it is. Um, but you know, what KB and you mentioned is the, the difference between the instruction and, and being that athlete. So, um, how I'm curious to know just from an outsider looking in, how, how does that, how has that sort of bridge been between you guys being an athlete and 
obviously, Kenny, you've, you've focused a lot, especially this year in going to tournaments and, and focusing a lot on your personal athletic endeavor. Um, and obviously same with you, KB, you've, you've, you've always been training, but how, how has that bridge been between now? Okay. I have students and I have, um, you know, I have some responsibility to teach individuals, but at the same time, I'm sure you guys still want to do your, your own personal training. So, um, what's that bridge been like? And what does that look like? Cause not every athlete is going to become a coach. Not every athlete is going to be a trainer. Not every athlete is going to go and take that route. And it's a lot different, I feel like, from coaching others and instructing others and then training yourself. So what has that bridge been like? I can start off by sharing just one really clear example that has really worked not only in my favor, but also for one of my students. And it's something I always, to be honest, lacked that I know I need in my training, which is um, drilling. And in the martial arts world, we essentially call drilling going over a new technique that you're learning or a new system and repeatedly doing it over and over and over and over and over again. It's, it's, it's the aspect of training that a lot of people may find boring because everyone always wants to learn that new thing and they feel like doing it five times helps them understand it. Then it's like, okay, let's move on. Um, but the thing is, one of my students, shout out to Sanwal, he's someone who just started jujitsu for literally three months and him and I are going over new systems together on bjjfanatics.com and here's the funny thing I could have easily all my life even in the past like few years since I've doubled down on jiu-jitsu could have done that with my brother someone I live with someone I train with but it's funny how like now when you have a student that kind of relies on you and, and and wants to do something new with you you're that much more likely to do it and we've created this really unique um opportunity for both him and I to learn something and get better at it because it's pretty mutually exclusive you know he's learning something brand new he's able to have me as a training partner and coach to make sure he's doing some of the things right but then I also get to do it and learn it with him as well and it's something that we, we we're doing on on a daily basis so you know when you ask like how has that bridge been is it's finding those kind of opportunities when you see that it's appropriate um, because the big thing there is I, I wanted to make sure someone like him, I ask, like, is this cool that we do it this way? Like, are you okay if I do it with you? Or, you know, how, how do we go about this? Because when it turns into that, it's now no longer, you know, him paying for a private lesson. Like, how's that, how's that, that'd be dirty if I'm getting him to pay for that. And I'm like, let me do it with you too. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, Hey, like, never mind the money. Like, let's, let's learn together. Mm -hmm. We both clearly are investing our time and energy in a jujitsu. Like, let's let's make sure we hold one another accountable to making it happen so i think that's the beautiful part about this is you have students under you that not only want to learn from you but learn with you and when you can start looking at someone's like high level of like passion towards something that you're you're also doing um you can create those opportunities and i think maybe kb can say the same with someone like uh, prince right yeah well i to bring it back to showing and not teaching, right? Like, Omid, you're a rapper. Yeah. So, like, if I asked you to freestyle right now, you could probably drop some bars and, like, hold everyone's attention, have everyone's head bopping, right? But then I'd ask you, how'd you do that? And, like, for you to be able to deconstruct your talent and your ability into its base components 
and then be able to deliver it to someone else so that they can replicate it. Like that is another art in and of itself. And that's teaching somebody Yeah. like, sure. You can maybe drop another couple bars again and then, but they're going to be like, I don't know how you did it. Like I, like I can't even begin to comprehend the, like the vocabulary, the way you stringing words together, the, the art of, of rapping and the freestyle and the poetry of what you're doing. I cannot get it. Right. But, and it's the same way with, there are a lot of like maybe fighters that are very good at what they do, but they can't take their talent and strip it into its base components and deliver it to somebody else. So like with what we have to do with our students is understand the journey that we have been on for years and years and years and years and the all the fights that I've had and all the fights of other students that I've coached in the past, tournaments, that all the tournaments that Kenny's been to and all the teachers that we have learned from and then try and take that mosaic of experience and then deliver it to our students who are walking into the door for the first time and do it with like a passion and a zest for, for, for those base components and help them build the way so that maybe one day they can be as good or hopefully better than us. You know, that is what I think teaching is. And that is what we're like striving to do on the mats is get that delivered to them so that they can, they can be the best that they can be. The thing with martial arts schools is that like, it's based off memberships, right? So students come in, they pay a membership. And then oftentimes I feel like what happens at schools is we end up having to like entertain people with new things. Like we have to show them a new move or a new this or, and have them, oh, it keeps them coming back. But the truth is, is that if you really want to get good at this, you have to enjoy the process and understand that you must master the fundamentals. And then you must learn how to stand. You must learn how to throw the basic techniques. You must be able to integrate all that and then piece those pieces together to eventually be able to do what you are seeing on TV and whatnot. There's a lot, a lot of things that are happening in a fight that a lot of people are not aware of. And it's about them starting to develop a, a mind and an eye that can, that can see those things. So. In regards to that, like, we, we just have to, we, we have to keep people understanding that that is important because you don't go to the Oilers, like you don't go to an Oilers like practice and tell them at the, you walk in and say, you just want to scrimmage with them. They can be like, no, no, that's not what we're doing today. Right. That's not what we're doing today. We're going to be practicing this. They're going to have a set agenda and then that is what the players do. But unfortunately in the martial arts community, we don't have that same sort of, uh, we don't have that same sort of discipline with developing athletes, right? It's, it's almost like an entertainment based system because of the way the whole thing's set up. But I think it's important that that changes. For sure. Sorry, that was a bit of rambling. No, I love that, man. I, I love that you brought that up because I feel like, uh, I feel like, yeah, like you said, even in like, this is, again, I'm not an insider to jujitsu or or any of that, but it's the same thing with fitness centers. When you go to a fitness center 
and you'll see one fitness center that has like a smoothie bar and like they got these lights and there's all this dark room and the lights and it's like a disco in there you know it's like and then there's other gyms that are just like it's just uh, like there's a gym in edmonton called the bar and it's just old school just machinery and there's mirrors and the dumbbells all worn out but you walk in there and you see bodybuilders like i went with pradeep one day me raj and pradeep went and i actually like that more because i'm not distracted by the lights and the and then the smoothie bar and the oh this room or oh this crazy machine it's like it's just old school machinery and you, the people that are walking in there are not in there for the distraction. They, yeah. you, you can tell the people that are in there are there for, for them. They're there to work hard. They're there to work They're hard. They're working. Yeah. That's it. Um, but I understand again, from a business perspective, you know, these, you know, these fitness centers and whatnot that are trying to do those things. But, uh, you know, going back to, to Brave, um, what would you guys say is like, a, now that, you, now that this is a commercial gym, what do you say is Brave's differentiating factor from all the gyms that you've been to, from all the other jujitsu centers that you guys have trained in and been a part of? What would what would Brave have that is different? Well, first and foremost, I think we're integrative. Like we want to see that we're a mixed martial arts academy, right? So that means that like we believe that there are fundamental components from jujitsu, boxing wrestling Muay Thai that students would need to master if they were ever to, to consider going into mixed martial arts or if they were even just take part in one of those bare disciplines they must have like a system set in place from like Monday to Saturday where they're given an agenda of what is going to happen there's not things that are left random right we have a structure there's a plan in what I'm going to be teaching and it's going to get delivered across in the weeks. And as a student, it's your fault if you're not coming in and trying to like make it into your, your practices. It's just plain and simple. I'll get an idea of like what a student is like in the beginning. There's a structure that they get from when they begin to where they end up, wherever that may be. But they must follow the steps and they must attend. My duty is to instruct. The student's duty is to attend and they stick with the program. There's a program set out in the end. And I think we're trying our best to build, give athletes a chance to build themselves up from ground zero, like address deficiencies in strength, speed, and overall things that people might be lacking as athletes, and then build them up from that. There's a whole, like the camera's pointing at the mat space in the martial arts area. There's going to be a whole area dedicated to strength training too mm-hmm. that people can benefit from. And we're just trying to like merge those two together. Yeah, I like to piggyback off of what KB said with, you know, looking at the individual themselves and their benefit. I really like to look at it on a more macro uh, scale where something that we've been preaching a lot to, to families specifically is, you know, we believe that families that train together stay together. And I believe that wholeheartedly, like literally and figuratively. And that has been the sole basis of how we've orchestrated even the design of our building, even the experience of our facility. And man, like 
when you look at it this way, this is something that really resonates with me because I we've been doing martial arts since we were kids. And we knew that when you're young and you want to be a part of activities, and from the parent's perspective, you want your kid to be involved in something, the, the opportunity cost to that becomes, well, if I involve my kid more in an activity, how much less am I going to see them? And that hits home really hard for me because growing up, my parents were very busy building their business and they wanted to be active at the same time and, 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 and they wanted their kids to be active. But at what cost does that happen when now families don't get the chance to see each other as much? And man, for me, like, I'll, I'll, like, I'll tell you straight up, like, I wouldn't be as close with KB if him and I didn't do martial arts together all our life. Like, I feel like that's truly a big part of the backbone of our, our relationship and how much, like, we've gotten to know one another. So, man, like, it's been so beautiful to see brothers, sisters, and, and cousins, and mom, dads with their kids come into our facility because not only are they seeing two brothers leading the operation, but they can feel that this is a family-friendly environment. And a lot of martial arts gyms in the past and even now fail tremendously fail to market themselves as a family-friendly gym. You know, I'm not saying everyone does that. There's some that do a really good job. Like, I think, um, you know, Little Sweatshop in Sherwood Park, you know, where KB trains, they do a great job of involving families. And when you think about it, man, like, the pickup drop-off for parents, they'll drop off their kid. For the most part, they'll want to stay around. And what are they doing? They're sitting. Maybe they're on their phone. Maybe on the car. They're in the car, waiting outside, they're watching. They're the same parents that go, oh man, I don't have time for a workout. I don't have time for my own fitness. I heard that when I worked at Good Life all the time. Now, we're creating an experience where you don't have to say that anymore. You know, you could drop off your kid. Maybe you're not into martial arts, that's fine. But hey, there's a, there's a dedicated weight room area for you to do your cardio, for you to move your body, for you to lift weights. You know, while your kid is doing their class, you could either join them or you could you, you could get your workout in. Yeah. And that's something, man, that like, you know, really is our differentiating factor. Yeah. Is from the moment you walk in, I not only want you to feel like we can like take care of, of your child for an hour or even like be a part of their development, mm-hmm. but also like we can take care of you. And and now through you and your kids and your sisters and brothers and your family, when you guys are in the same environment working out together, the bond that comes from that is it's it's amazing, man. So you talk. So you talk about the, you know, the new athletes. So say, for example, myself. I know you've you've tried you know, on years on years to get me to do jujitsu and roll with you. I'm still trying. Yeah, yeah, and I will. But I'm someone new. I'm not really into jujitsu. I understand. Okay, Brave is welcoming and has that sort of family environment. I can come and 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 start to learn the basics and and the fundamentals. What if? I am a seasoned athlete. I'm a seasoned jujitsu athlete. What should I expect walking into Brave? Is Brave for me? Yeah, good question. I mean, right off the bat, I feel like I'd be lying to you if I said that, um, you know, oh, you're not welcome here, this or that. I think you, even as a seasoned athlete, can benefit being with us. I'm going to be honest with you right off the bat, and I'm going to tell you that, hey, you know what? Right now, we're building from the ground up. Majority of our students they're new right but at the same time these are new students that are hungry there's a few of them that want to compete there's a few of them that are going to want to learn from you and i would say you don't know until you try come check us out come do a week 
Yep. Check out the classes, experience it for yourself. And that, to give you kind of an, an idea, is something that I really see at my own facility where I train at, at Frontline, is you see a lot of white belts and you see a lot of seasoned black belts that are world champions. And guess who gets paired together? Every colored belt has to go with a white belt. But at the same time, I've even been in that scenario where I'm still learning and once again understanding things a lot better when I'm able to teach it to another person that's brand new, right? So I, I think once again, it's for everyone. Um, maybe if you're a seasoned athlete and you want to get your sparring in and you want to get your rounds in, well, I'll be honest with you, we're not at that point yet, right? Right? Like, yeah, we'll have our times in jujitsu where we'll roll, uh, but you may have to be a little bit patient at first. You know, you may have to do a few more rounds with me. <laughs> that, that's that's I'm, I'm game for that. But uh, we're building from the ground up, and we know that um, everyone's welcome, and, and there's a different flavor for everybody, but you got to try us first to see what you think, right? For sure, man, for sure.